Thanks, guys. Good morning again. We got a G out there. I hope you've had a great week. Today is the first day of the week, right? I used to get that mixed up. Today is the first day of the week. Monday's not the first day of the week. Sunday's the first day of the week. And uh, did anyone have any good thing happen this week? Something good? Come on. Anything? You can, you can raise a hand if you. We're not going to ask you up here or anything. I had something kind of, uh, well, it would be um, a rare, a rare find. And I shared with this, I think the guy yesterday had coffee. That splitting a log and splitting to a piece of wood and laid that open, and there laid a, a, a bullet in the, in the, right in the wood ring. Cool. Yeah, that's obviously a, a hunter's shot and missed and hit the tree. <laughs> uh, or ricochet or whatever. But interesting, what are the chances of finding that? It's like, you know, you had all these different blocks of wood that you probably, how many of you went through that are, have a bullet in them and you don't know? <laughs> Where's he going with that one? Well, I, I put it in my treasure box amongst my coins. Have you got a junk, how many of you got a junk box? Like you, when, you, when you clean out your pockets, you put stuff there, keys, coins, nuts and bolts, screws, nails, all oh, there's a whole kinds of, all kinds of junk. You say junk, but that's good junk, it's good junk. See, there's bad junk and then there's good junk, right? What? Don't, throw the, don't throw that away. I've got to sort that out. There might be something in there valuable. How many found lost keys when you... Yeah. Oh, there they are. Oh, there. I, I put them away. That's why I couldn't find them. Life is very interesting at times. And so this week is Thanksgiving week. And uh, I trust that you... You're going, uh, looking forward to that this week and, and Thursday if you gather with family. That usually, that's usually the highlight of Thanksgiving is gathering with family and being home, being, being together, um, being able to catch up, being able to hang out. And pastors sometimes struggle around holidays. What can I talk about that's fresh? Lord, is there something in the old that, you know, I can bring it out and really bring a fresh word? And, well, I'm, I just kind of went back to the, the, one of the classics today, found in Philippians. You know it probably already. You know the text probably about not worrying and not being anxious. I will call this the thankful heart. A thankful heart, a thankful attitude. I, the older I get, I find the little, the little things are the things that I appreciate most. A cup of coffee, 
fire in the fireplace. Something out of the garden. Someone canned, uh, you know, made something homemade. It's a, it's a treat. And right in the midst of all the chaos of life, sometimes we, we mustn't overlook the little things. What are the, what are the things that I like about when I remember my home? The good food, the fun around the table. And when we had special celebrations, there was memories. The brothers, the sisters, we'd all, we'd all be listening to, usually David was telling the, the loudest story, you know, laughing as loud as he was telling the story, Grandpa here. And he's just got that, I don't know, it's just, just that joy about him. But life, we need to savor and not take for granted our friends, our, our family, our neighbors, our children, their children to come. And on it goes. Life is a cycle, a season. Ah, every week you read in the paper, so-and-so, such-and-so has passed away, passed away. It's just like, wow. Life is short. And how am I to live it? What is God's expectation? What is God's viewpoint? He's looking upon our hearts to see if we have an, an attitude toward him and his desire is that we begin to walk in his fullness, in his freedom, in his life that he has for us. So Paul is writing out of a cell. He's in prison while he wrote these words. And Paul, no doubt, had his moments of being tested. But he always seems to rise up in circumstances that are harsh, because he looks toward the Lord. Verse 4, I'm just going to use that as a springboard, Philippians chapter 4, a springboard into the chapter a little bit. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Well, if you're sitting in a cell, if you're sitting in a traffic line, or you're sitting in a waiting line, uh, if you're in a hurry and you want something to eat, and I ain't going there. <sighs> I sometimes get tested about rejoicing in all things. Are you, are you there? Are you? Touch yourself. See if you're, okay. Rejoice. But if we will choose to rejoice and not get blown away by the little things, small things, silly things, keep our composure keep our spirit under control, right? And gain ground with him. How many guys are tested when your wife goes in the shopping center and it's going to be just a couple minutes? Okay. <laughs> nah. 
and just having fun. I learned to, you know, just over a couple of minutes probably means 20 or 30. And so I just, I just relax. And I just take that moment to, you know, think. And I, I just don't like going to shopping centers. That, that's my thing. If I'm going to go there, I get what I want. That's it. I don't like going down every aisle. I like to find it. Is anyone with you? Are you guys out there with me? Okay. But to be thankful is a discipline. It's a discipline of our thinking. We'll read on. Let your forbearing spirit, verse 5, let your forbearing spirit be known to all men, the Lord is near. Oh, yeah, I got new hearing aids this week. That's right. And, you know, and, um, the old ones are like, you know, these things are feeling. You know, what's really weird is the, the nurse or whoever helped me, she poked them really in there. And she says, that's the way you're supposed to wear them? I said, what? And she's like, whoop, come out the other side. You know it's awkward when you're up in front and your and your glasses fall off and your, you know, your hearing aid falls out. And... But I learned loosen up. Come on. Life is has its moments, but it's it's way too short to live that serious. How many know a good laugh helps you kind of just Get you where you need to go. A good, a good belly laugh. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. What in the world is the word forbearing mean? Forbearing. What is it that's coming from you? What is it What's the reflection people have? What's the attitude that stems? Have you ever had a waitress that had a bad day? And they were kind of like grumpy and, and, and you know. I had a friend that would he would agitate people on the on the job. He was a we were doing concrete work, and I don't want to mention his name. I'm not going to mention. This is no one from here, okay? But he would, for example, if the cement driver got stuck in the driveway, he'd say, "Why did you stop there?" Now he's already the driver's already full of anxiety, right? Now someone's going to tip him over. Now he loves to play on people's emotions. I think he thought it was entertaining. <laughs> anyway, the good news is the moment right now, if you're going through a hard time, trust me, the Lord is going to be with you if you call him. And someday maybe we can look back and say, wow, 
Lord helped me there. Wow. The Lord didn't give up on me there. Oh, wow. I have reason to rejoice because God is faithful. Paul, this was not his first time he ever faced persecution. He had learned the secret, and it's later in the text, how to be content in every circumstance, whether it was prosperity or hardly anything. What does he mean? The Lord is near? That's key. If the Lord is near, then you're in good hands. When the Lord is near, he gives you revelation and understanding. When the Lord is near, he helps you to have more patience. When the Lord is near, when I'm thinking, when I'm worshiping, when I'm thankful toward him. So how should we approach the Lord, point one? How should we come into his presence? Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What in the world does the word supplication have to do with bringing other requests before the Lord? With thanksgiving, let your requests be with thanksgiving. In other words, some of the first words that should utter my mouth when I approach the Lord, approach the Lord is this, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for being ever present. Thank you for all that you've given me. Not only all that you've given, but you're going to continue. I give him praise already for the, for the faithfulness of the Lord our God. Already now you're starting to feel better because you're placing your thoughts into his ability, not your own. My anxiety comes because I try to figure out how to fix the problem. I try to manage, what am I going to do if this and that happens? And I start to get all worked up. And ah, my kids call it freak out. Right? Freak out. Anxiety is, is real. It really is. It can bring you into a place where you can't think straight. And you need to escape. Or you want to escape somehow. And the Lord is saying, I am your escape. I am your strength. When you talk to the Lord about the little things that bother you, you'll be surprised how better, how much better you'll feel because he cares about the little things. He cares about the things that are making you feel prayed and imperfect, incompetent. How should I approach the Lord in all humility and honesty? I am weak. Lord, you know my weaknesses. Lord, I have a problem, but you are the one that's able. I can't, 
Lord, you can. However you choose, Lord, that's what we're doing now is we're turning it over. We're surrendering it. Have your way, Lord. If you're trying to teach me something, help me to hear. You begin to break down what you think should happen. And you become to be you come to a place where you're able to rest. You approach him with the idea, you know what? I don't have to figure everything out. In fact, I don't know all things. Proverbs chapter 3 talks about trusting in the Lord with all your heart, leaning on him with all your heart, not leaning on your own thinking, your own understanding. Back in my college days, those were ancient days. I had a, a 1977 Ford 4x4 four four pickup, mint. Color was mint. It was a beautiful thing. In its first few years, quite a few years, I've had that thing. I had it when I got back out of college. I used it on. Finally, I sold it to someone who wanted to plow his field. But I hauled firewood on that little, that little pickup, and I'd round it up, and I'd stack it in, and I'd get as much as I possibly could, 40 bucks. Back in the 80s, 40 bucks, probably a three-quarters of a quarter. Brought it to my instructor. How much you need? Oh, 40 bucks. Well, to me, 40 bucks in those days was good. That's good pay. When you're a poor college kid, 40 bucks meant something. You could actually almost do something. <laughs> but it was just the feeling that God is supplying. Love to do the work, love to, you know, something from the woods. Something simple. I. I had to trust God. And he provided. Each year, we'd go back and, well, I wasn't trying to butter up the instructor, but it might have helped. <laughs> Memory. A brick job came along once in the paper of the school. Need repair, need to prepare bricks over such and such a door. Get in contact with so and so and so. Ah, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I can do that. And so I went at it. Why am I saying this stuff? Why am I so worried? He called us himself. He also equips you with interests and abilities, skills that can be honed, become better at what, who you are, and helps you make a living 
And it's something about being able to provide when you get a family. There's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of you're doing what God has called you to do. And I'm talking probably to the men more than the women. Women also have their role. Wherever you are at, God understands your circumstances and he understands you more than you understand yourself. Why should I be so worried then? What do I really need? And that's my second point. What I really need is found in verse 7, is peace. One of the underlying, I would say it's like a gauge or somewhere how to measure if you're in the right place, if you're in the right, on the right track with God, often it's followed with an underlying sense of peace that only he can provide. The one of the ways he directs us is because of his peace. When you prayed about it, God has opened the doors. God is uh, moving you in maybe a different direction. It can even feel awkward, and you can feel like, whoa, man, am I doing what's... And we bring it back to the Lord. Lord... Even if I make a mistake, I'm going to believe that you're big enough to help me fix it. Are you guys with me? Sometimes we fail to step out into God's provision because we get so comfortable. I don't like change, and I'm one of them. I don't like a lot of change. But the danger in that is to stay in that comfort zone where you just want to be. Us four in a war. And God calls us sometimes out of the box. To talk to a stranger is not always my easiest. It's gotten better. My father-in-law was a master. He could make anyone, anywhere, stranger, he could make conversation. Just natural. He relaxed. And he's so, because he would relax, they would relax. He just knew how to gently get seem interested. I believe we can have a conversation. I learned this a little bit by little bit. If I ask the right questions, when I don't know what to say, if I ask not stupid questions, but you know, questions. Are you from here? Where's your home? You know, just simple. What's your livelihood? You know, just simple. And if they like, you're weird, get away from me, I get the message. It's no big deal. But if they, they sense you're interested in them, well, they start to talk. And you listen and you connect. What do I really need is to take my anxiety, bring it to Jesus, and recognizes that I'm not the only person in the world. I'm not the only one. Jesus went to his people. Jesus came to us first. 
Jesus came down to this world so that we could understand who he is. All the way over in the Old Testament of the book of Exodus, Moses was called by God and he didn't want the job. Moses was being called by God to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery. But Moses didn't want the job. Remember how he argued with God? Remember how he, he, he brought up excuses? Excuses and more excuses. <laughs> Get my brother Aaron. He's, he's, he's better at it. He can talk better. Moses, I'm calling you. And that whole process took a long time. Finally, Moses began to rely. You see a different Moses later in, later in the book of Exodus than you did early in the book. And Moses came to a place where he was receiving the commandments and the laws on the mountain, and he was in the presence of God, only to come back to find his people floundering in a sinfulness, creating an idol and worshiping a calf. And Aaron was in on it, and it was just a mess. And at that time, he just wanted, you know, if it hadn't been for the compassion and the intercession of Moses, it seemed like God was going to ready to nuke him. He was, he was done. With it. it was just like a bad deal, but Moses prayed and reminded God, as if God needed to be reminded, God, you chose these people. I believe it was already in the plans and hearts of God. But Moses prayed a very interesting prayer in Exodus 33, in part, verses 12 to 50, this is in part. He says like this, if thy presence doesn't go up with us here, if, we, if you don't, and just paraphrase, if you don't go with us, shut it down. If you're not going to go before us, if we haven't found favor in your sight, if we are not going to have success, in you, then there's no use. And I believe that's very close to what I'm trying to get across today to our hearts is this. My real need is his presence. Everything else will follow. Everything else will be taken care of. Then I will have the sound mind. Then I will have the sensitivity. If I have his presence, then I have more of his wisdom to discern good and evil. Right? If I have his presence, then I have his guidance. And so as we approach him, our greatest need is to understand the more we need him. The more I understand I need him, the more I need him. The more I understand he's calling me to something bigger than myself, the more I must lean on him. 
And so he wrote, who wrote on, he had learned the secret in verse 11 to be content. In part, I talked about my old pickup because it was, it was a humble, humble thing. <laughs> I got real humbled once when it was full of my, one of my classmates' stuff. See, when you have a pickup and you go to college, they all want you to help them move. And so I'm driving down through um, Lowry Tunnel. I think it was Lowry Tunnel. I said, I just heard the tailgate go boom. And I go, uh, yeah, the tailgate don't stay up. And as he looked in the rear view mirror, the dresser and the clothes were just <laughs> semi <laughs> yeah, underwear or whatever. And then he goes, oh, I had my money in that drawer. Well, what are you thinking? Peach crate, you know, just junk. Can't you just see it? A memory was that pickup. That's not the only memory. Another time, a friend says, I got to go to the 7 Eleven. Can you take me in? Oh, sure. My 7 Eleven was that way. His 7 Eleven was that way. I'm in the right lane. Signal light is on. I'm in the right lane. Right turn lane. He said, No, it's the other one. Rip the switch to the left. Didn't even hardly look. Whips it. I whip it into the left. Whew, there goes the car. Scrape. And hit, it, it took my bumper and straightened it out to a 90. Are you serious? And now we, oh my goodness. Anxiety was climbing. They said, whoever was driving, they said, you better have insurance. Oh, I, I think I think I do. I think I do. And so, you know, radiator's leaking. I pushed it together and wired it up, and poured in some stop leak. You know, it held. Bars leak or whatever. You know, it held. Unbelievable. Why do we get so bent out of shape? So many times, just stuff. And I'm just saying these things because life is real. What, what we're getting to is, my friend would say this, oftentimes I get my needs mixed up with what I want. Or I get my, what I think I want, I think that's my need. Where are you getting that, Pastor? Well, it's just down. Verse 19. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. If you have a thankful heart, more often you have this feeling, I don't really need a lot. I need a few things. The basics. 
if I keep my, if I keep my attitude that, look, look what I already have. Look what the Lord has done. Look who the Lord is. Then I think, really do I need, I don't need a few things. The Bible says you only need a few things. It's okay to have things, just don't let things have you. We know that saying. You know what Paul got excited about? Other people coming to Jesus. When he looked upward, he was more able to look outward and see people in need. The more we look upward, the more we see Jesus, the more sensitivity we have to other people who do not have Jesus. And we have compassion on them. Looking upward helps me to to prepare myself for what is really important. Not only just monetary, a job is not only your monetary or living, but it becomes relationship. When you live in a community long enough, one of the good things about it, or it could be bad, is you earn a reputation. What is that? Well, now what's he talking about? Small towns turn it up about 20 decibels. Everybody knows so-and-so and so-and-so is this and that and another and this. In our reputation. You, you and I are earning. Either we're earning respect or we're, we're, earning, we're not earning respect. It's all about how we treat our neighbor. It's all about how I conduct myself with people who are hurting. But when I look upward, it helps me to see who else is discouraged. Who else is carrying a load of weight? There are many things in this life. I want to wrap it up. There are many things in this life that you can fret over, can bother you. But if we would take the time to thank the Lord already what he's done. Look how far he's brought you. He's going to leave you now. He has a plan. He has a purpose. Can we come to a place in our prayer life, we say, you know, Lord, I really don't need to ask you for anything. First of all, I just need to thank you. I really don't need a lot. But my heart is concerned for my family. My heart goes out. To, you, start to, you start to go down the list of your loved ones. Remember them today. Lord, and it doesn't have to be a long prayer. You know, I was doing this last night, or this morning actually, thinking of people in the church. Lord, they're going through things. Be with them. I believe that we we have a job, a role to do, to pray for one another. 
because Jesus is in us and he wants to work through you. And when you show up and there's a need, when you bring food, when you just call, when you reach out, you are the ministering, you are ministering as unto the Lord himself. And he talks about this in other places. And so the greatest, what I'm coming down to is this. The greatest need I have is Jesus living in me so that I can touch the world around me. Jesus doing it through me, not me. And so I want us to sing and reflect that song. Come on, guys, and help me. That song that talks about the goodness of God, talks about how that the Lord himself has been so faithful. As you think about it over your life, how faithful the Lord has been to you. Think about many times your life could have been short, shortened. I think about times when God intervened, no doubt. I think about times when it was a close call on the highway. I think about how good God has been. We need to share that with our neighbors.